In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Hello, fellow wombs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How Hello, are you domestic today? domestic baby supply people. <laughs> oh, feeling very, my uterus is feeling very cherished today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got my period and I'm like, well, oh. thank God for this, even though like. We knew she was coming. There was no reason for her not to come. The period or the Supreme Court decision? The period. The okay, Supreme, got it. Well, both, actually. <laughs> but when I got my period, I gotcha. was relieved. But I'm just like, Millie, you haven't had sex. <laughs> Why are you worried? You never know. I do feel sent back to, like, my 13-year-old days when I really didn't, like, fully understand the mechanics of getting pregnant, did believe that it could happen from a toilet seat. Um, where I was just kind of always in fear that I was going to become pregnant. Yeah. Um, even though I had not had sex and actually at that point had um, <laughs> dumped my first boyfriend because he told me he had a boner and I broke up with him. <laughs> I mean, well, that's disgusting. You did the right thing. I was disgusted. We were watching Remember the Titans. I was like, this is an important <laughs> film. Don't lean over to me in your parents' well, basement and say, what? I have a boner. We are broken up. A Philistine. <laughs> Wait, not only did he have a boner, but he informed you of it? Yes, we were watching Remember the Titans in the basement. He wanted a Netflix and chill before Mm. Before we knew what Netflix and chill was. He wanted her to remember the Titans. He wanted a blockbuster and parents finished basement, which was a whole other (laughs) way of looking up back in the day. Oh, finished? I wonder. Uh, that basement seems pretty nice. I don't know. It was a nice basement. It was a okay. nice basement. If you're in Northern Virginia, you're going to see some nice basements. I'll For say sure. that. I'll say that about my hometown sure. culture. It's a culture of a nice finished Maybe basement. Maybe some abortion restrictions come the end of the year if you're not careful. Well, yeah. Glenn Youngkin actually has already said that because elections do have consequences, as frustrating as we all are with the vote message and the text, elections do have consequences. Virginia has a Republican governor who's psychotic now, and he has already banned or he has already vowed to try to get an abortion ban on the books in that state, which does not have one. And right now in Virginia, women do have the right to I mean, every woman actually has the right to get an abortion, but um, <laughs> that the right isn't taken away. We're just not allowed to exercise it right now in Virginia. You can exercise it. But because the election went the way that it did uh, most recently in 2021 for them, their abortion rights are pretty seriously in jeopardy in Virginia, mm-hmm. which really mm-hmm. fucking sucks. Yeah. And I have to say, Elise, because you you 
you referenced it again uh, over the weekend. I can't stop thinking about your episode where you talked about your experience and especially when you said what you went through and when you just said, I I wouldn't want to travel for that. And, you know, everybody's going to have different experiences, but, you know, of course we have to toss around like, here's how you travel. But I just always, it just stings how cavalierly we have to throw around that option now, knowing that like, that's still not, I, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. I'm incredibly grateful that I was able to go through the process uh, in my own home and in my own bed. And um, I know oh, Amanda and I watched Allison Levy's wonderful show where she actually opted to do the DNC procedure. Um, but even still after that, you want to go home. You want to be mm-hmm. in your own bed and lay down. You It hurts. Mm-hmm. You still have cramps and all of that stuff. Like, I'm just so grateful that I had access to my own space. And it's so crazy listening to these podcasts about people who um, not only need to travel for an abortion. But as I said, you know, I had my abortion as a married woman. Married women have abortions all the time. Women with families have abortions all the time. So now there are situations where women are having to travel their entire families Mm -hmm. to go get an abortion and then go through the abortion in a hotel room. I mean, that's to, to say that you care about children and to make children go through watching their mother have to do that is another whole situation so it's like the travel option I mean thank god that it's there at all but it's it it makes the it makes something that doesn't have to be traumatic a traumatic experience today we're going to continue to kind of like casually debrief there's still so much activity and so many moving parts as we said yesterday like all of these trigger bands are very clumsy I am learning way more about like state constitutions than I ever thought that I would. Everything is different moment to moment. So, you know, hesitate to get too in the weeds on state by state details, you know, in the moment in in our show, but we'll touch on definitely some of these and then get around to what I know a lot of you guys have been asking for, which is concrete actions. And, you know, it's frustrating because it doesn't feel like there's like a uniform immediate action, but there are Mm. things coming up and they are, and they are huge, but Um, Millie, I mean, what are some things that you just like keep thinking about with this? There are so many different elements. I mean, the things that Elise just spoke to yesterday, Sammy and I talked about those stories going around, you know, about people like potentially facing down the end of their life while a doctor decides if this is legal for them. What are some things that you just like keep coming back to? Well, yeah, I mean, I would just to speak on Elise's thing, you know, the thing about, you know, her episode, just thinking about, you know, like she was so fortunate and privileged to, you know, it takes like a week to recover. And I'm just like, you know, it's not even that it takes, you know, people traveling for three days or something. It's like to not be able to recover in their homes. I think about even my working class, you know, my friends that I grew up with in South Florida who had to go to work the next day after their abortions. Um, And also just like, you know, Virginia is not this like, I think we all like to think of these states as like these bum fuck states or whatever, like whatever. But like we always talk about how voter voting rights affect these elections and how most of these states are blue or purple states in held hostage. And it's not like, you know, I don't want to completely abandon like hope for these people who are in these states that have trigger laws or they just have to come here. But That's just something that's been on my mind. I think like, 
you know, Chris Murphy tweeted the other day that it's like, if Republicans win the House and the Senate and the majority, like, and, and do a national abortion ban, and, and I think, like, that's, a, that's, like, a reality that's hard to swallow, considering, you know, the counterpoint of, like, what are Democrats doing? There doesn't seem a, a Democrat in leadership like in leadership that has a concrete plan for this, that cares, that's been able to like have kids in the past 40 years. Um, you know, it just seems like right. everyone's completely, it, it, it you know, it's AOC's right, yeah. great, but they fucking treat her like shit. Right. Nobody's really getting behind her. Yeah. Liz Warren, no one's getting behind her. Like, so it's, it's a frustrating place to be. Um, I'm thinking about a lot of things. Uh, it's crazy. It's frustrating to me personally. And again, I'm still a vote person. I think that as frustrating as it is to see what goes on in the Senate, we have a lot of elections coming up in these midterms that actually will determine people's right to abortion access in Pennsylvania. In Like in so many states, it's actually like really fucking important. But I'll admit that it was pretty disturbing to me to hear messages that's like the White House wasn't expecting this decision today, which it's like I, mm-hmm. Amanda and I knew yeah. in our so, so, I don't know like, about it for have, days. Like, they have our email addresses, like their PR people, if they want to get in touch with us and hear what we know. But Amanda and I had been <laughs> slacking about this for days, so I don't know why they were confused. Yeah. And then for there to seem to be no like. I mean, Biden made his statement and stuff, but there's no like massive action that they were like, we're doing this right now. It's been planned, da da da, the way Republicans have all these trigger laws on the books, all of these plans. But what does appear to be planned were fundraising text messages yeah. that I received en masse the moment that this happened. So I'm like, so everyone had time to draft up a message asking me to give them $10, mm-hmm. but no, there was no like, top down okay all these trigger bans are going into place today we have an executive order that's ready to go into place today or we Mm -hmm. have this action that's ready to go into place today like that just was disturbing to me i i don't know how our elected leaders are just sort of like proceeding at doing anything else i mean i just publicly would be like I'm having Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin into my office right now, and I'm I'm not letting them leave until we figure something out about how we can get them to change the filibuster. And like, just this is all he should be talking about is posing concrete solutions. And yeah, the, there was this, there was that viral clip that ran around of that really articulate young woman talking about like they really sent me this message with like no specific. We'll go through specifics, and there are specifics, mm-hmm. but like with no specifics, just these octogenarians, and like there are. Like, I'm very sympathetic to the argument that Joe has pulled all the levers he can and we're stuck by the Kirsten Cinema Joe Manchin-sized roadblock. But these are the same leaders that have kind of been overseeing things for 30, 40 years. And we have had super majorities, I believe. Like, I think we had a chance during Obama to codify Roe and to and to make things happen. So I'm just like, why would I give you, I, I'm We're going to always vote, but like, I'm not going to vote who for who you tell me to anymore. Like, your endorsements yeah. mean nothing. Well, it's also like... Of course, I, Democrats, it, to be clear for me, for us, but like yeah, not whatever I, when they say, but you know, whenever they're like, oh, but this person has a really important leadership position in the house and this newcomer progressive could threaten that. I do. I'm done. That. I'm done. You had 30 years. You had decades. I don't care. And 
half the reason, so, okay, when we talk about the thing with Obama when we had that supermajority, the thing is, like, we did have a supermajority, but we didn't have a supermajority of pro-choice Democrats. So we didn't yeah. actually, and it's because we have tolerated, <laughs> yes. we have tolerated this intolerable position for so long, saying that we needed it to get a majority, and then guess what? Guess what happens when we allow a bunch of pro fucking life, anti-choice Democrats in the party. When Roe falls, we don't, we are two people short of being able to overcome a filibuster for it. And like, there are elected representatives who have been great on this issue the entire time. I know mm-hmm. that the House has passed to codify Roe before, but it does not escape me that Nancy fucking Pelosi less than a month ago was out campaigning for Henry Cuellar in Texas against Jessica Cincineros, and he is the last anti-abortion Democrat in the House, and he had a pro-choice candidate that was running against him. At the very least, they could have said, we're not going to even involve ourselves in this campaign, but she went out and campaigned for him, and that is why we are in a situation where we have no power to do shit that we should have been amassing the power to do the exact same period of time that these conservatives have been amassing the power to do everything that they want and they're in lockstep and we're a fucking mess and if they were in the exact same position as us they would get rid of the filibuster and ban abortion for everyone so that's where we fucking are right now also like nancy pelosi being there did make a difference he won by such a small margin too that she did tip the scales yeah so it's a fuck nancy forever to be honest joe biden's fucking record on anti-abortion is not good is not good mm-hmm. uh up like up until even 2008 or something there was like he was on the record saying that abortion is bad so am i like surprised that this man is not bending over backwards or whatever. I don't know. Like, I, you know, the yeah. good faith person in me is like, oh, anyone can change and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, he's probably it's not important to him. None of this stuff is important to him. He hasn't raised minimum wage. The student loan debt, like all this shit that is important to young he women. He can live without it. He can live without it. It's not going to make a fucking difference to him whether it passes or not. And this is why people do not aren't excited about moderates. This yeah. is why people get excited about progressive candidates because yeah. They are more in line with what young people care about, you know? So it's, it's you know, like Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. endorsing this pro-life whatever. And people say that that's what you have to do to get a Latin vote. I don't agree with mm-hmm. that anymore. No. And the Latin vote is too diverse now. Like, it's not a monolith, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like You know what you have to do to get the Latin vote? Help Latin people. And not just immigration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, actually, with social services, um, with education, with, um, I don't know, a police force that isn't going to let someone murder 19 children in their school. That that might get the Latin vote for you. Mm. And also just, as you can tell, I'm, like, extremely pissed off. But I just (laughs) want to offer, once again, my congrats to Joe for his work on the Clarence Thomas hearings years ago. Yeah, exactly. Because... Let's not forget that he's part of the reason that we Absolutely. have oh, yeah. that person who if there's any if there's anything that Clarence Thomas is good for in this world, it's that at least that insane document that he wrote, his concurrence, that's the only honest document <laughs> that came out. 
from the group. He's the only one who actually said what they're planning to do. So he didn't talk for 25 years, and now he's got a lot to say. And mm-hmm. I think we should listen because he's actually the only one who's telling us what's going on. Well, he did on. write a lot. He cited himself, like, what, like 20 times? He did cite himself. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to start doing that in the newsletter, citing I was say, yes. As Elise Morales wrote on October 3rd, 2019. How are you not sharing your tweets on the fucking... That is. That's so true. I have been citing myself. Sharing your tweets oh, on yes. Instagram is citing yourself. Yeah, come on. Anyone on the newsletter too, girl. Don't even play yourself. Yeah, the, it's really interesting that he's talking about repealing literally everything except for loving v virginia which is like of course you want your white wife to be safe yeah she's like he's like sutton on real housewives she's a vegetarian but she eats bacon Uh, that one doesn't bother me that much. I well, don't of course, it's not going to bother you as much. Something would be very wrong with you if it bothered you. Well, no, no, no. I mean, in much. the Real Housewives, you, of course, not as much as Clarence oh, Thomas. Right. But I'm like, in the Beverly Hills drama, yeah. I feel like lying about orphans not getting settlements and eating bacon. Are you watching Ultimate Girls Trip? I fell asleep. Okay, this but, is not like, is this sexist, but I'm like, there's too many women with the same weird ass face. No, Th- like, sounds, yeah, like I, I don't know, but I'm like, is it the Instagram face? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the older fillers, like the filler face, yeah, filler mm. face. But I'm just like, this could not look better than what your face would have like looked like <laughs> without any of this no. shit. Like no. you look like a horse. And I you know what we're doing what the Democratic Party should have been doing, which is be honest to women. Be <laughs> honest what? to women. No. Taylor, <laughs> what is up with your face? It's chaotic. I was trying to watch it all weekend, but I kept uh, I kept getting distracted by by Twitter and my rage. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. 
And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. I, I think this rageful discussion was very productive because I see a lot of um, blame going around on the internet and it's very... Um, imprecise and it's just like yeah. stop telling us to vote and it's like we we gotta vote you know yeah. like in, in some countries yeah. it's mandatory to vote you can be mad at them sending you emails for ten dollars you know moments after it happened not telling you precisely what to do like but this is what sort of where i land on it like i said is like vote for whoever you want that is the most like to me right now you are not this is how we should frame like Democrats moving forward right now, at least in this moment, is that you are not pro-choice if you are not pro-ending the filibuster right now. You are not nope. pro-rights. This is 100%. what it has come mm-hmm. down to. Like, mm-hmm. th- that's simply what it's come down to. Why Why is it checks and balances until it's the Supreme Court? <laughs> and we do have as fucking, again, like, I was furious at those texts. I get very annoyed with people who are already elected who were voted for telling me to vote. That is very annoying. But we do have the opportunity in November to neutralize the cinema and mansion of it all. Mm-hmm. Fetterman in Pennsylvania has already said he's pro getting rid of the filibuster to codify Roe. So if we can get three, two, three more people in the Senate who say that, which is not that crazy, we don't have a candidate in Wisconsin yet, but we can get one, like we could actually change this and I also feel like once Kirsten Cinema's power is nullified she just will do what like I think that Joe Manchin does what he does because he gets off on being centrist guy Kirsten Cinema, I think gets off on being centrist girl but also only in the context of like everybody has to talk to me so I think that when she loses her power she loses her powers and she might just vote to but I'm also like aren't Mainers very pro-choice like I know I always come back to this I know I always do, but I do think we always have to reserve from ire for Susan Collins oh, and Lisa Murkowski because they claim they have they one they say a lot of shit and they contradict themselves a lot. But one thing that they always say is that they are pro-choice and they support Roe. And again, that is no longer true if you are not willing to do what it takes right now. Well, this is my thing: um, is that we really need democratic messaging. I mean, I mean, AOC, I keep bringing up AOC because she has been the only Democrat that has any kind of power. Not a, she's not a democratic leader, but like, and Elizabeth Warren, to be fair, like we're saying, like, what is the strategy? It's not just vote. It isn't just vote, right? Everyone should vote. That's the bare minimum. I think people think, you know, there, it's like a meme now where it's like there's a tsunami coming and it's like, what would you do in this situation? Vote. Like, that Man. is not like a good faith thing, right? Like, voting is just the first step. Um, and I feel like 
whatever but the next step is like what is the strategy right it is to get these two things the or two or three more senators in the house like elise was saying it is like wh what are we going to codify with Ro? what can we do what what was failed right like explain that because everyone said if we fucking flipped georgia if we did the impossible and we flipped georgia and we got two senate seats that everything would be great and that's not what happened so we need democratic messaging on one what happened kirsten cinema joe mansion two what can what can and like what are they gonna actually what's gonna actually happen if these two senators because at the same time right joe biden made all these promises about minimum wage and all this shit that we i keep bringing up and we keep mm -hmm. bringing up on this podcast that hasn't happened we haven't made a step towards anything and he's not getting internally pushed on it because he knows it won't happen so why would he why would he like rock the boat well exactly but i'm like all these democrats obama obama campaigned mm -hmm. that he was going to codify role all these people campaigned that they were going to make all these promises that haven't happened and why they haven't happened has been a little bit complicated but nobody's explaining it nobody's making promises for the future nobody's saying how they're so it's mm -hmm. just it's just vote it's just vote and then to that i understand why people are like fuck you fuck you why am mm -hmm. i gonna go do that you know right um yeah. millie everything you just said and everything you're saying is is much more strategic than what they are paying mostly straight white men tens hundreds of thousands of dollars to do for the democratic party your fucking strategists are not working you need to hire some new people to tell hire you me. what to do Please. i'll charge only ten thousand dollars an hour <laughs> yes sorry elise give your well, free advice I'll, I'll, to the democratic will, fucking party listen they can definitely pay me a lot less than what they're paying people for worse ideas yes um, <laughs> just because i want to help. help um but the other thing that we need to be talking about hand in hand because right now everyone's obviously we're talking about voting to codify row that's great but all of those people also need to be uh trying to do court reform because guess what this court is going to strike that law down so fast mm -hmm. Th this court is radicalized politicized if you read the dissent that the liberal justices they basically lay it out for you they're like they have no logic they are here to do political acts yeah they said states don't have a right to regulate guns one day then they say they can regulate mm -hmm. abortions the next day mm -hmm. there is no reason why mm -hmm. any of us should assume that the court in its current configuration would not strike down a law to codify Roe and uphold a law to ban it. They would they do would both. take it on we an emergency basis, probably. Like, theoretically, I'm like, get it done. So, like, the most that these clinics are open, the better. But also, these clinics can't just, like, open and close whatever they want. Like, these people yeah, need jobs. Not, it, but, yeah, you're I right. Mean, the Supreme Court would immediately just pick it up again. People's lives have been just by, like, the trigger law. And now it's like they had to call people and tell them your appointment's canceled. And then it's like in some states the trigger law has stayed. So it's like, no, you can come in. It's very confusing. It hurts people who are also dealing. They're up against a clock, even in some of the states where they can go get an abortion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I was seven weeks when I got my abortion. Um, the medication, the pill doesn't work after 10. Mm. I, my period was two days late, Right. I found out that day I was in the clinic by the end of the week. I was seven weeks along. Let's say that I was in a state, went through the same thing. I'm in a state with all of this confusion. It could take three weeks 
to get that confusion cleared up and to get back on the books and get back in. And now I'm not eligible for a medication abortion. Now I have to have a procedural abortion, which is a whole other fucking thing. So, uh, and that's going to happen to people in maybe not New York right away, but Colorado, uh, Illinois, the places that are surrounded by places where it's banned. Like, I'm sorry to say, but you are going, if you live in one of those states, like this is going to potentially upend your access to reproductive health care too. I know the people in those states are really doing pretty amazing things to try to get an infrastructure up and running to make sure that they can accommodate everybody from outside of those states that needs abortions and everyone from inside the state. But I don't think it's like legal to, you know, like prioritize based on, you know, address. So it's just going to take like marshalling. I mean, people are going to, people are moving like women from, like they've taken people from Wisconsin and brought them to Illinois so they can like start figuring out how to do it there and be, get licensed. Well, I just think about like, I mean, when I found out that I was pregnant, it was really uh, alarming <laughs> moment in my life. I was very freaked out. I wasn't scared because I knew that I had access to abortion. So it wasn't scary like that, but it was like alarming. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this happened. Uh, I was able to get my appointment on the books that day and I was able to be in the clinic by the end of the week. So like there's just so much extra stuff that could have made what was already just a really stressful and insane experience so much more stressful if I if I had had to search for Clint. Like literally I was in such a crazy shock that I just typed like abortion pill NYC and like the first place that came up. That's where I made my clinic my appointment. What if there weren't appointments because mm-hmm. now we have thousands of women traveling into New York who need abortions like that. So now it's like I'm Googling all these different places like that mm-hmm. would have been so much more stressful if I'm sorting through who has appointments. Then it's like, OK, I finally get one, but it's not for three weeks. It's like the entire time that I was pregnant and I didn't want to be pregnant. I didn't mm-hmm. feel right. Like you yeah. like. Mm-hmm walking around pregnant when you're planning to end that pregnancy and you do not want to be pregnant is very a very surreal experience and so to extend the period of time where women are in that place is disorienting or pregnant people in general to extend the te- a period of time where a pregnant person is pregnant and they don't want to be and they're just waiting to access this procedure that really is some really could be prescribed to them over Zoom and mm-hmm. sent to them via a little courier and they could get it done that day. Like, it's it's disturbing. It's crazy. And, and it's crazy. imagine if you had to do all of that with three kids and a job. Or hide you it know? from your parents or a partner. Or hide it from, you know... Good luck. Your job. While your internet saves every fucking, you know, keystroke that you do. Yeah, and well, people have suggested going to the public library to do this research. Yeah. Um, Yesterday we had Amani Gandhi on and I was definitely surprised by how seriously she was like, no, you need to really share and, and get on board with, with this. Like if you're looking for abortion to access abortion, there are some steps you should take to make sure your you know, computer isn't recording it because it's like, this comes down now to, we say all the, the time on this podcast, if you, if you pay attention to the news, you know, Republican state level lawmakers, local lawmakers are some of the craziest people mm-hmm. on the planet. So if Loons. you think for a second, they will not try to figure out when your period was to see if you got an abortion. Listen, unfortunately, when we think the worst won't happen, we are always wrong. So I am just yeah. like, it's not, I'm not going to risk, I'm not going to risk, I'm just not going to risk it. And I wouldn't either if you were 
My period tracking app has my abortion in it. Like (laughs) I use a period tracking app to track my cycle. One of the ones where you like do a thermometer every morning. Clearly didn't do it right. (laughs) Clearly had a little bit of a learning curve situation. It's a place, but that's allowed. Yes. And it happens. <laughs> but either way, my abortion's in there. I'm I've looked up this app. It's like uh it's a good they supposedly don't share your mm-hmm. data or whatever, but like when you're going into full dystopia, it's like totally. I I'm not going to be like the app's terms of agreement said that it wouldn't <laughs> share my data. <laughs> President DeSantis. Oh no. This is also like reason 8,000 to vote because maybe you live in a state that has trigger laws or all this shit. But if you have a local prosecutor that's not going to like allow for them to, you know, or a police chief or a sheriff or whatever, that's not going to allow for people to investigate abortions, then you don't have to worry as much, you know, you know, um, which is our, it's just fucking crazy. That well, I think here. then, I think that's a good opportunity to discuss what's going on in Wisconsin right now, which is, again, quite dystopian. So women in Wisconsin are currently living under an 1849 abortion law passed before they and many other people could vote. I don't know how that's allowed. Like, how are you allowed mm-hmm. to impose a law upon a population that did not have a say in it? This law was still on Wisconsin's books. There's a couple cases like this. There's one in Michigan, too. And it technically did take effect following the Supreme Court ruling on Friday. So Planned Parenthood did suspend its services in the state. Wisconsin is really unique, and it has a very important election coming up related to this. As a very aggressively, their batty Republican state legislature that is not going to repeal or change this law. In fact, I believe, yeah, after the draft opinion leaked, the Democratic governor, Governor Evers, he asked to convene a special legislative session asking them, like, hey, this can't go into effect. you got to do something. Do you know what they did? They convened and immediately adjourned. That's what they did. They did nothing with this bill. So this is where we get to like how your really local elections matter. Wisconsin's governor is a Democrat. So is its attorney general. And so are a lot of its DAs. And they're like, we're not going to enforce this. But like uh, other local crazies, I guess, could if they get their hands on the information. So Evers, I think, knows that. And he has vowed to give clemency to any doctor penalized under this law while it's in effect, while they're, you know, I guess, trying to sort it out with the state legislature. And all of his potential Republican challengers for governor have vowed to keep the law intact. Wisconsin's really important. Um, Prior to this and even now, people say it's going to be very hard for Democrats to take that state legislature, I think because of gerrymandering and also just because usually the Democrats, the governor's party does not win in this cycle. But I mean, it sure looks like it sure looks like that law is going to stay on the books if they can't get... um, I, I guess maybe they have a like they can override his veto. I don't know. But the point is, there are local DAs and local elected officials in Wisconsin. And like whether or not your doctor is going to be, you know, tried for abortion is going to come down to whether or not they bother. Yeah. I mean, it's really scary because just as much as it's like we have to elect local prosecutors who don't want to go after abortion, we have to elect attorney generals who say they won't prosecute abortion. The other side is, as we've already seen, incredibly organized. They're not stopping here. They're mm-hmm. invigorated by this. And mm-hmm. they 
are just as interested in electing prosecutors and attorney generals who will vigorously prosecute abortions and who will go after women and who will try to push the limits of what can be done to abortion providers and abortion seekers. So it's and like— And they know how to do we that. Can s- exactly. It's like we can sit here and bitch about how annoying the vote thing is and we can— you know, talk about all the imperfections of that system all we want. But while we're doing that, they're finding the craziest motherfucker you've ever heard of in your life. And they are running him to be in charge of your laws. So like Mm -hmm. while we're all on Twitter yelling at each other and being like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired. (laughs) They are finding the dumbest man you've ever seen in your life. Can't laugh, Mm -hmm. I can't laugh. To become your attorney general. So just remember that when we're all yelling about, like... About how, you know... Hillary should have said that! Yeah. Like, it's like... When you say the candidates are just as bad, no. Yeah. No. But it's like, oh, this sucks. That sucks. Like, I hear hear it and I agree, but I'm like, that sucks. No, it's terrible. We shouldn't have to just... And I mean... Because, you know, that is the reality. But the also the, the other reality is like, you know, I mean, I hear this from black people all the time. It's like, what are you doing to keep our vote? What are you doing for our communities? What are you doing? You know, and like that is just another another aspect where I'm just like, fuck. Like, well, Nancy Pelosi read a poem. <laughs> right. Did you did the black community not hear the poem? <laughs> she read a poem. Where is she getting all the poetry? Because I feel like that's the one thing that I feel like is always ready. Anytime one of these things happens, it's like we're shocked. But Nancy Pelosi has a poem and she is. She's a staff member that loves to write a poem. (laughs) Yeah, she's got someone on staff who's like encyclopedic knowledge of like lyric and verse. And is just like, I've got you. I've got you on the Nancy. I've got you on the poem. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have any other ideas, but I've got you on the poem. <laughs> the boomers love Amanda Gorman, and the people were were not happy with the with the poem she shared this weekend uh, because it was a little crazy. So it's interesting that you said that. You know, Joe Biden's poet laureate mm-hmm. is even mm-hmm. getting heat for his, her association with him. So. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So I think we all agree. It's very infuriating to hear how to vote. It would be just to vote. It would be a lot better if these Democrats could message better. And to go back to something you said, Millie, I've been thinking and I, I really agree that there needs to be messaging about what happened and why what was, you know, promised or seemed guaranteed did not uh, materialize, and I think what Democrats need to say, because I think right now uh, voters feel misled. They feel like Democrats lied to them about what was possible or what mm-hmm. they would do. They think these people lied about what they would do. And mm-hmm. to Mansion and Cinema's credit, I don't think they ever uh, said they would do these things. So nobody's really that. You know, the, the overall populace. The worst like, people are the only ones who are like trustworthy right. at all in a weird, in like this weird perverted way. It's like, well, we can trust Joe Mansion and Kirsten Cinema to keep. Doing them. And Clarence Thomas let us know exactly what he's up to. Um, But it's like everybody else that we have to be like, can you tell us what you actually like think? about? Right. But the average voter is like, oh, the Democrats that told me they promised us are not doing it. I think we need to message fairly clearly. Telling people too, Democrats are the reason your gas is high, which is not even true. Right. But that's that's winning. Like, that's what's getting things. So sorry. No. I know this is even this is even if we just have like the really like 
the bleeding hearts people that are voting for rights. This is like not even like trying to get those swing voters who still are very like there are people that are like, I like abortion, but I'm a boomer. I don't need it anytime soon. I'd rather have my gas cheaper. We need to tell the voters that they were we did not willfully mislead them. We were incorrect about what we thought was possible with a majority of 50. And we need to like accept that. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you can't admit, but the, the, just the calculations that were made were incorrect. And I think, like you said, Elise, it's like, maybe this time we don't say, hey, we need two. It's like, you know how when you're working out, there's like, you need somebody there to really push you. It's like, yeah, you really only have 10 left in you, but tell them 12 so that you can get to 10. We need yeah. to tell or people like exactly what we need. Or like they count it wrong, like they go 10. Right. <laughs> Nine. Like, exactly. Like, that That's that what we need. And three. I want to know. <laughs> Why we ended up with Susan Collins winning by such a landslide when I had been told for six months to give her her challenger, who was great, Sarah, uh, Sarah Gideon, I think, lots of money yeah. and who was left over for lots of money. I am going to need to Democrats to tell me to really justify their fundraising and tell me why I am giving them part of my paycheck. I am happy to give us like I am happy to donate meaningfully what I can to this. Yeah. I wish the government just, I wish New York would just take it from me so I could fund abortions here. But I need to, I need to know that you are using it wisely and you are not funding. Like, be frank to me about who actually could win. And I don't want, like, if these fucking candidates are left over with $20 million again, I'm going to be pissed. I think that the, I honestly think that the Democratic Party should kick Joe Manchin and maybe even also cinema um, out of the yes. party going into yes. these midterms. Because I think... I think this myth of that we have a it's really 51 person majority has actually hurt immensely. And if yes. we had actually known from the beginning, it's 50 50 with one independent kind of in the middle guy who I think he's I mean, he's a Republican to me. But yeah. let's say we've got one floater and then it's 50 50. I think one the floater. level of disappointment yeah. that is felt and the level of confusion would have been a lot different. But instead, mm -hmm. we came in and we said we have a 51 Democratic majority. And I think that's actually damaged people's understanding of what's going on. And mm -hmm. I think it would be more honest for us to go into this midterm 50-50 with it, which is what it really is. Kick Joe Manchin out of the party. You're not a fucking Democrat. You stand in the way of every single thing that we want. Mm -hmm. You don't stand for, you are not pro-choice you are not in the party anymore and then I mean I think a lot of the damage is done already but at the very least people will actually be able to see the numbers that we're working with and this right. thing that they're they keep trying to say which is like it's not a real majority it's like so make it make it not a real majority on paper because it's not I like this idea of kicking Joe out of the party because like we got Katanji Brown Jackson and we got mm -hmm. a huge spending bill with the majority. And I think that is important. And I don't want to act like that's nothing. And notably, we haven't des descended into fascism, which we absolutely would have if we had one <laughs> less person. Mm -hmm. But like you said, at least we need to be frank about like some of them are floaters. And sometimes floaters do vote for whoever for the Supreme Court, but they're not going to vote for like really actual progressive legislation. Well, uh, I'm also just like. Right now, the messaging is like, well, Democrats are in control of the House, the Senate and the White House. And they haven't done shit that blah, 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 like that thing, which, which is like, yeah, bothers me. But, but we're not right. Like we we're the most we have is the House, but the House puts shit together and it dies in the Senate because of the floaters, because we're not honest. Um, we have the White House, but Joe Biden is beholden to the Senate. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, he's not going to do what Trump did, which is to him honorable, to me, a bitch move. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever, that's his, I mean, that's what a moderate is. He's doing exactly, he's not breaking any promises. He's, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. he's he made specific, like, minimum wage, cancel student debt promises that are, are disappointing. But his promise is to be moderate and to fuck, you know, go with what the government says is the right, you know, the majority, you know, very process man, very 40 company man. If the company was the government. So which isn't what FDR did, by the way, because he also said he wanted to be FDR. And that's not what FDR FDR tried to expand the court. It didn't work. But you know what? He gave us all the opportunity to go through the process. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Also like past social security even though it was probably not legal at the time he did a lot of things some of them quite bad (laughs) some of them not good at all staying on the american legacy forever but it's funny to say i'm gonna be the new fdr and then refuse to do anything to pass any of the legislation like this fdr is a person who did literally whatever the fuck he wanted and then ran for president three times and you're gonna sit here and be like well i can't cancel too much student debt because i'm not sure if the lawyers will say that we're allowed to do it oh what i what i was also just gonna add was fdr also passed the new deal (laughs) famously famously joe biden won't even consider a part of it. The bill, the bill back better bill is apparently just completely in the hands of Joe Manchin because they know they're like the only thing we can get is what he'll agree to. So just like the the Democratic agenda is just in the hands of a Republican. And here's the thing: a lot of the things we've talked about today about how to actually message the American people are not always super able to understand all the the machinations. But the way we've paced it today, like it, they're not dumb. Like it's it's pretty simple to be like, you know what? This this strategy that we had, like it looks like we didn't have all of the information because people didn't deliver. And so now this is what we need and how we're going to change course to make sure that we are not confused about, again, to make sure that we, we do not think we had a victory that actually got us nothing. Like I want them to explain that. Like you can do that without admitting defeat and without being like, like uh, it's just come on, please do better. <laughs> Very articulate. Really? Till the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Dugan. Yeah, exactly. Until the end of the Democrats, no. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. That is our show. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Dugan. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Milis Maris. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.